You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Wow, this is freaking amazing. Yeah, technology. Yeah, you're good. Holy shit. You guys kind of know what up. you're doing, eh? Tilt it up slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's good. <laughs> Perfect. Why do you say that? What do you mean? What, what, just, what did you just experience that made, us, made you think that we know what we're doing? Like a rotating head on this uh, microphone. <laughs> our microphones move in. Someone Ooh, has a physics degree? Nope. <laughs> it's not us. What? I have a communications degree. What degree? Oh, well, I'm actually curious what degrees you have. That's, that's it? Uh, 98. <laughs> like Windows 98? <laughs> no, like Nick Lachey. <laughs> 98 degrees. That was, that was, I'm done, guys. <laughs> you got me. You got me. PhD. Pretty huge PDF. Dick. Pretty huge dick. <laughs> All right. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Yourself? Pol political science. Oh. Oh, poli sci. So relevant to my current life. <laughs> Has it helped at all? Um, I can say realist in bars late night sometimes. Realist? Like realist framework. If I'm like arguing. With strangers. We don't, we don't know what that means. You're already smarter than me. Yeah. Yeah. Should have got a degree. You could be the smartest person on the podcast right now. I just can say neoconservative. That's, That's it. Bad. That's a like matrix. Thirty yeah. grand. It's like when Keanu Reeves has yeah. certain opinions. Yeah. Anyway. Welcome back to Feeding Off Each Other, <laughs> the weekly podcast where we feed off the talent, humor, knowledge, and awesome stories of our guests and each other. Say it with me. And each, each other. other. Yeah. I'm Matt Dennison, joined as always by David Big Ski Guy Wiggins. Skied once in your life? Like, like probably like 50 times. Mm. That's to pretty a, good. To 100. That's like on par with what Jason might have skied. Big Ski Guy Jason Lucas. Mm, yeah, probably. You probably. skied on the weekend? I did. Nice. Oh, was it nice? Yes, and it was great. Um, no, it was actually not that great. We've How? had a pretty bad winter here on the West Coast. How were the layers? Uh, ooh, I think uh, probably pretty strong. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> icy, right? Icy, icy. Is that how skiers describe that? Yeah. Like day? stable. It was the layers are stable currently, mm, okay. but not uh, not a super good base. How many layers did you wear? Uh, four, because it's cold as heck right now here in uh, Canada. On top or on bottom? Four layers. On. You're not. You're wearing four bottoms on four top, four tops on your bottoms. <laughs> oh God, uh, yeah, I'm wearing four four top. I'm a, I'm I am a bottom top. top oh, excuse me. What are we talking about? Layers. Talk about skiing. I stopped listening for a second, then I started again. <laughs> Guys, it's hard to talk about skiing. We're usually uh, on the bike whole, bike thing, you know. Yeah, it's like how was the dirt? Was it tacky? Was it duffy, loamy? I don't know what these other terms for skiing are. Davis, how you feel when you do a podcast with bikers? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Correct. Let's just get to the guest intro, shall we? I thought you guys were doing a setup with the layers thing. I was. I was trying to, and they did not <laughs> follow through on it. Perfect segue <laughs> into our intro. Are we ready? You get to finally hear what we wrote for you. <clears throat> Hailing from Vancouver Island, today's guest is a self-described professional leisure leisure athlete. You may recognize her from hilarious ski and mountain bike sketches online, or films such as Coach and Dream Job, or even her recent feature film that she wrote, directed, and starred in Weak Layers. Gentle Chuthers, our guest today, takes the piss out of action sports harder than a bovine catheter, and we're lucky enough to get an hour to feed off her knowledge in comedy and filming, to feed off her knowledge of comedy and filmmaking. Please welcome the original athlete, the always funny, always hot, 
Katie Burrell. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I didn't have to fact check really anything, except for that I co-wrote the screenplay. Oh. Oh. Well, you don't have to. But I mean, like, at this point, (laughs) I'm just gonna, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Andrew Ladd, my co-writer. Shout out. Not the hockey player, I, I checked. Not the hockey player. Yeah. Ski any- racer, ex-ski racer, now father of two, oh. screenwriter. Good for him. Big day on the podcast, guys. First time we've ever had a real life movie star. I think you're going to say oh. woman. Yeah. <laughs> no, you might be the uh, second. Real life girl. <laughs> <laughs> second, maybe? Third? I don't know. I haven't been counting. No, but real life movie star, guys. This yeah. is big. And, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, big day for you. You're on the Feeding Off Each Other podcast. <laughs> The it's, first time. It's huge for me. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching your stuff forever. It's really fun to finally hang out. Yeah, it is. Because cool. we had a quick meet and greet in Revelstoke that one time. Yeah, that was random. But that I can't remember random. what you guys were shooting out there. Oh, uh, on the Ride Park tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what tour. it was. Right. What, what was the name of that restaurant? Chubby oh, Funsters. Yes. Chubby Funsters. Yeah. Which is Good. the funniest name I've ever heard of a restaurant. It kind of feels sometimes like we're like a rival, like girl gang and boy gang of like bike content. And then we like meet and we're like, are we going to have a duel in the streets or are we going to become like best friends? And I <laughs> don't know yet. <laughs> this is kind of our hour, I guess, where we figure it out. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> have you ever had to fight another content creator? Not yet, but. <laughs> have you wanted to? <laughs> yeah probably my kind of like resting nature is kind of like i want to duke it out i don't know it's like my love language to like roast people and like kind of give them shit so if i like you i might want to fight as well Mm, (laughs) but it's out of love (laughs) yeah kind (laughs) of or just like argue i like to argue i like to like give each other i like to i like a roast i like a roast you know so if we're not throwing hands by the end of the day it didn't go very well kind of so calling my Colleen, who I work with constantly, is like, if she's not making fun of you, it's not a good sign. Like, because I kind of give everybody that I really like shit. Have you uh, been roasting any of these newscasters you've encountered on your uh, press tour? Not to their faces. Mm. No, not really. In private, in the green. Five minutes after. I was pretty shook this morning, though, doing Gloria Makarenko's show. (gasps) No way. Gloria Makarenko. Now you're talking. Canadian icon, what? legend. What do you mean, who? Or, this is not the first time when she's come up on Dave, the podcast. Get on your phone. You Order can't. of Canada. I'm looking her up. Like, super babe. And just the coolest woman. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then she called me a snow influencer, and we're on live radio. <laughs> and I wasn't about to be like, okay, okay boomer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then I'm, I was like, brand-wise, is, uh, is snow influencer really what I'm going for? <laughs> I hope not. I called you a real life movie star. Okay. I, pre- I, I prefer that <laughs> even though, even though I would say like lowercase M lowercase S, but mm. you know, yeah. you gotta like whisper it. Indie film. Ooh, darling. Do you like that? I don't know if I'm a darling yet. No. Yeah. Well. I think you have to be like way fear to be a darling. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm more of a brute than a darling. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Indie film brute. <laughs> kind of checks out. Yeah. That's- Nice. That's nice. That's nice. Gloria Macarico, what was the setup? You're sitting across from her. Are you looking? Was she there in person? She was. Yep. In Vancouver. In Vancouver. Oh, I thought she was uh, Toronto. She stepped in for Stephen Quinn this morning. I don't know where Mr. Quinn was at, but um, yeah, I walked in. This the guys went through security. Guys set me up. 
I sat down in the recording studio and there was a camera on me, a camera on her and cause they're live streaming it now because the kids on TikTok have, mm-hmm. you know, really? forced CBC to step it up. And she looked directly at me while she was on live radio. And it was just so wild. Cause I've been listening to her since I was a kid, you know, and just see her doing her job in person, like six feet, four feet from her. You know, and then she was like, and we're here with Katie Burrell, snow influencer. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I was so close to being so excited to be introduced by Gloria Makarenko. And then I mean, isn't that like part of you have a lot of names you give yourself. I know. There's a lot of things. I mean, I just when I think in like I, I'm not influencing snow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, what are you doing? Influencing maybe laughs? snowgoers influencer even. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. The, the the snow thing was what derailed it for me. But maybe but they're they're leaving you open to other snow sports in, in that way. Like tobogganing. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to paint yourself in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was like just enough for it not to do, become an intrusive thought for the entire like six mm. minute episode. Do you know what I mean? I was like, just Good. let it go, Katie, let it go, let it go, let it go. Like just <laughs> listen to what she's saying, answer the question. Like don't she be turned like, into Beetlejuice. Can we take one second to just back up? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have. What about viral? Good press. That should be your move from now on. Be more confrontational and right. intrusive. Yeah, this could be the starting point. Yeah. You give a shit. I mean, the title thing is interesting in general because I, I was actually just having this conversation recently where I'm like, influencer is such a, a blanket term and it's really, it's like a helpful term because it, it effectively means like you create content online that people subscribe to, but there's so many other pieces of influencing that are important to what I feel like I'm doing, which is like, and I don't want to sell, sound self-aggrandizing, but like cultural influencing do you know what i mean like yeah it's like it's like an ethos that i'm trying to influence or it's like a way of living or a way of being or a, a feeling good about something kind of an ethos versus um i'm selling stuff and all of the brands that i work with i'm adamant in the early like pitching process and back and forth creative concepting process where i'm like look i'm, I'm really not gonna sit here and or put out content that's just gonna like sell stuff for you because um, that's going to bastardize everything that I've built and the audience that trusts me to not do that, you know, and I don't, I don't growth hack. I don't do any of that sort of stuff. And I just try to keep it very like entertainment first. And, um, so influencer feels like it, it only covers, you know, a percentage of the experience that I'm trying to put out, you know? Yeah. I feel like we've been making our films for 14, 15 years now. And I feel like we've, we're kind of to, for the most part, doing the same thing we've always done, mm-hmm. just making funny films. But for those first six, seven years, no one called us influencers. It didn't exist yet. But didn't exist, now, yeah. you know, people see our stuff for the first time and they just kind of put the label on it. And it's kind of greasy to me. It sounds like influencing people to buy products, not influencing, like you said, like ethos or an idea or, you know, whatever. Yeah, culture. Yeah. And, yeah. Culture, yeah. It's a bit of a pejorative term at this point. Oh, I, which yeah. is so interesting. And I'm, I mean, I'm the guiltiest of it. Mm-hmm. I made a short film called influencer <laughs> that was roasting the concept of being an influencer. Right. Of course I became an influencer, like way to dig your own grave. Like that's the easiest way to do it. Do you know what I mean? Take the piss out of something. It's over for you. It's coming for you, you know? Um, but I feel like influencer conceptually has shifted. I mean, I read this thing recently where it was like talking about Michelle Obama as an influencer and Barack Obama as an influencer. And it's, um, it's like a, a bigger term right now, but I think more so in the ac- outdoors in an action sports space, it, it does have a greasier kind of connotation. I don't think that people in fashion or, um, 
politics are as like uh, resistant to the word or the concept of it because they're they are like trying to communicate thought and evolution of you know style or whatever it is and it's it's in this space and I, I think it has to do with the fact that athletes felt taken away from as influencers entered the space uh, and ultimately people just have to adapt. Everyone has to adapt. Right. And, and influencers change the landscape in a lot of ways because they targeted pieces of the market that athletes weren't accessing and brands were smart to, to pivot as it went. And I mean, I, I could talk about this for hours. I don't know if you guys want to go down yeah, the hole, but <laughs> I, I'm just like, sorry, everyone. Like this is how the internet works, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. And just to like add to it, I feel like too, we're between ski and bike are very like, sports that um were you know pushing the norms of, of a lot of personalities and a lot of people who didn't fall into the ball sports category went to like skiing or biking to be like edgy and they're like look at this cool little activity i do <laughs> and then now all this money is coming in these big brands are coming in and influencing is you know becoming more of a thing and i think people don't like knowing that they're being marketed to especially when they're in these fringe and niche sports that they think they're so edgy to be in but i mean skiing huge sport around the world massive yeah. amounts of money biking getting there it's like always like getting bigger and bigger i think it's just the way of it skiing kind of going crazy like balenciaga is doing a ski capsule right really? now zara is doing a ski we'll capsule that's crazy. You know, I'm like, this is getting really, really, really mainstream. I mean, skiing, the history of skiing is, is mainstream. It, I think like extreme skiing perhaps is more of a fringe sport mm -hmm. and is more counterculture and has that like skater energy to it, if you will. But, um, the mainstream of skiing, like I used to work for Solomon and they would talk about the fact that their business was predicated primarily on their rental fleets that are in mm. ski resorts around the world, you know, and then this niche program that supports sending athletes out to the Himalayas or whatnot to not summit things. <laughs> That's not what is, you know, bolstering the entire business. Like the business is the business has always been and always will be supported by the normies. And yeah. for me, I was just like, let's start shouting out to the normies. Like, like, Anyway. How do you, okay. What, what's a normie? Define a normie. Like a, like an, your average guy, the everyman. Damn it. Is there a difference between a normie and a nobody? Not, not really. Not really. I think, I think in terms of the way that I played that in weak layers, the nobodies were, um, a direct sort of mirror like anti-mirror or reflection of the somebodies and that was like the experience of my character cleo and weak layers uh, understanding herself and accepting herself and embracing her community and the resources that she already has uh whereas the normies is a sort of like term i've used playfully on social media to encapsulate the idea of those of us who are not extreme not forcing ourselves to be extreme, uh, not going to be the best at something we do and also finding joy in that because I think there was a lot. I mean, when I started putting this stuff out about like, tell your boyfriend to fuck off and go at your pace and he can wait, you know what I mean? Um, kind of stuff. It was like, it blew my mind. How many people were, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? No, take that back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't you can know, say you darn. Dirt. Holy fucking shit! Jason gets fined five hundred dollars every time you swear. It's fine. It comes out of his pocket. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, I was just like blown away by how many people were feeling like the same way, but like, you know, I mean, you guys have done content like that as well, where it's like average, average athlete stuff. And I think that's yeah. what Normie is, is like accountants that buy bikes, you know? Yeah. You nailed it. Podcast <laughs> done. Accountants. You're like, thing you thought of correct <laughs> yes that's correct i'm like yeah, thank we just you. talked about yes ending each other <laughs> that was yes ending i said you nailed it what are you talking about you nailed it you nailed it and what are your hobbies you nailed it and what's your favorite color oh like do you want me to ask you a question you say that's yeah that's how it oh, works shit. Oh, man, that's so usually matt's job well, I just, I, yeah i have a question katie so what do you think about the balenciaga ski line I mean, Balenciaga, Balenciaga has had a tricky year or two with oh. its... Didn't they post a like bondage with kids thing? Yeah. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. And that was tough for people to get over, myself <laughs> included. Um, I don't really know how you make that kind of, an, kind of an oversight. Look at this jacket. Is that jacket three times too big for him? Is he just very small? Also, why is he on a snow... These people can't ski here, snowboard here. So yeah, this is a ski campaign on a beach uh, on the ocean, <laughs> which um, to me screams durable gear. But it's ironic. Yeah, irony oh, doesn't. That. Irony doesn't do much for me, frankly. Um, also, those skis are too short for her, and the <laughs> boots look cumbersome. Now, where should the skis come to? How can you tell? Well. I don't know what kind of a skier she is. Actually, frankly, this person probably needs shorter skis. Um, Cause they're a noob. Yeah. The you shorter just, your skis are, the more manageable they are. Is generally. this AI? Is this even yeah, real? This person looks weird. Yeah, it doesn't textured. look like a real Can you zoom in? human. Yeah. That's that oh, looks that's not a very much AI. Pretty oh, sure no. that's Once AI. Just not paying real talent anymore. Well, nobody wants to work with them. Cause they're like, mm, sorry, I don't really feel like beach? you tying up my child. Thanks. I'm going to not engage. <laughs> What's the rest of the line look like? I need to see if there's something I, I should cop. Okay. The, the horrifying thing though is like, that looks like a 1996, like Adidas puffy, but it's probably $3,500. Right. Yeah. Nothing. And all, I don't know what this. this material would be. Also, it's giving new balance. I don't, <laughs> are you Baby saying hair. that? Yeah. Or three M. Is that a biking jersey? Bike. This is like, <laughs> what's a, with the shape of these clothes? A base layer. I don't know. They're just like, they wouldn't keep you that. If warm. you squint, it kind of looks like the Umbro logo. It does. Like yeah. soccer logo. Mm. Yeah. It's, Come on, Balenciaga. It's just not, it's just not it. You got to get some funny people like us on the, on the board. We'll make the decisions for you. Now, that being said, there are a handful of really high end ski lines that I'm completely obsessed with that from like an aesthetic standpoint that are really impractical, especially when it gets cold. And I, as you know, a middle-aged woman run really cold, colder and colder every year. So what I'm always curious about is these women who look way less built for the cold water than me are in the, these fitted kits because it's, I got one cause I, I just needed it. I needed, I needed it. And I was so cold. I couldn't function. And that was in like, that was at like a, family ski hill in Kamloops, I tested it out. I'm like, I don't know how you're doing Courcheval or the Alps in these things. It, it's, it's, there's no material. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I run cold too. I need 19 base layers on. Jason runs hot and he runs hotter run. and hotter every year. I mm -hmm. run hot. Interesting. Oh, hot. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I might just have a heart attack one day. <laughs> my heart is overcompensating for my lack of like fitness and general health. So you did mention something about that the other day. Having a heart attack? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it was when I swallowed water. Weird. No, 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 no. <laughs> I hope it's on this pod. It'll be good for views. It's when we went mountain biking and I was talking about how I was tired and you're like, do you ever get that thing oh, yeah. where you like you're working out really hard and you feel like you're gonna have a heart attack? Okay, Katie, you might be able to relate. <laughs> you know when you first start a strenuous activity, uh-huh. like in the first five minutes, uh-huh. does your heart rate just spike like crazy and your body goes, Don't stop doing this. This is too much, too much work. It's usually just when I think about it personally. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Hundred percent. Like any, like you know, been mountain biking for years. Every time we go and like a start pedaling up a hill, I'm like, holy, what's going on with my body? I'm gonna my, die. My body like rejects it. It's yes. Like, it's like it, it goes into survival mode. Exactly. I can't. I actually really struggle to work out really hard right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like battling that right now. My my fitness is plateaued, not because like I've pushed myself so hard that I'm plateauing. It's like I I physically can't make myself try that hard like when you do the grass grind and people go by you and they're like panting and i just want to like say like slow them down and be like that's too fast for you <laughs> like that's yeah. it shouldn't sound like that or you know what i mean like as soon as i hear myself like breathing really heavily i'm like oh i'm out of my range like you know and same thing in the gym i do like and if it starts to hurt i just stop um so i'm maybe i'm not a good example of it but of someone who's like pushing themselves and being like oh my heart rate's picking Cross country skiing, skate skiing, skate skiing uphill, one seventy. I hit miles per hour. That's amazing. Oh my god! My heart rate. It went. It went 164, 165, 170. I don't even know if that's correct. Like I don't know if your heart can do that, or my watch was just like shorting out, and then it went back down to one sixty four and just stayed there for a while. That's that's high. That's a high heart it rate. It was that's what's your resting concerning like 56, 56. I actually have like a, a really low heart rate to the point that like, you know, when you, the, the nurses like test you, they put the mm-hmm. thing on you every time. It's like my it's like it feels like a party trick, but at the hospital they go, whoa, textbook. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's a thing. Like every nurse gets excited. No way that they've like come across somebody that they learned about in school. <laughs> Like, is in your heart rate so low that you should be like? Dead? My heart rate's like the thing that it, the heart, the textbooks say is like the lowest good oh, heart rate thing. Okay. They always go, oh. They text- say textbook for me, but it's the bad side of the textbook. <laughs> what not to look like. Anyway, it's like the only thing that nurses say is good. That's. That's what you want to hear when you go into a doctor's. Otherwise, room. they're like, you have exercise induced asthma. Wow. <laughs> and so no you more can't exercise. digest most foods. <laughs> <laughs> um, you take lactates now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Mm. Oh, fun. Let's talk about, about this movie. Yeah. We're exactly. going to talk about this movie for about two hours. So yeah, get started talk. now. Okay. So I'm just going to do this. You've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. You saw guys it. haven't seen the We've movie. We've not seen the movie. But you've been briefed on the movie. Correct. I saw, go ahead. Do you have questions about your <laughs> briefings on the movie? Like, are you curious about the movie just having heard the briefings? Yes. And I will ask those. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good at yes ending. We've been working on it, Katie. We're working on it. You guys should take an improv class. <laughs> well, we watch improv, you know. We're going to go to Who's Line on Thursday. That's they're the in town. Thing. Who's Line's anyway. Oh, cool. You got to go to the Sunday service. I've oh. been. It's the best show in Vancouver. Three times. It's literally the best live comedy in Vancouver, in my opinion. I was going to invite uh, at least one of them on the podcast. 
Oh yeah, you should. Oh, I thought you said at least one of us to come oh, to no, Sunday no, service. God, no. Yeah, Ooh. it's hard to get a, wrangle us all and get us all in the same. It's true. Lineup. Yeah, we don't spend enough time together. Is the problem? This is this is it. Right. The podcast is us spending time together. <laughs> That's mm. cute. Oh, sarcasm. We spend oh forty hours a week together. Oh well, right. Yeah, but we're usually looking at screens or the other way, or trying yeah, not to look fair. at each other that's and avoiding eye contact. Try yeah, to yeah, put yeah. the AirPods in and have noise cancellation on. What's the biggest fight you guys have ever gotten into? <sighs> Jason and I. Grade uh, five. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. What? <laughs> Jason, Jason and I. We uh, had a shirtless wrestle uh, oh. in a hotel room in L.A. Oh. Um, but you're talking later about time. But it like One got time. real. Like it you was, were like jokes wrestling, and then all of a sudden you're like punched you. Then it was like classic face. dude wrestling. It turns out it starts fun, and then it like <laughs> yeah. ends in kissing. Is that when Jason sorry, determined I mean. he was the bottom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the top bottom. Yeah, okay. it ended a little more aggressive. I think we're also facetiming uh, like girl ex girlfriend. No, my ex girlfriend, your current fiance. Mm -hmm. mm, what if she remembers that? Sure, she remembers it more than we do. Yeah, we had a few drinks that night for Wait, sure. You were, you were FaceTiming and then you started wrestling? Yeah, how does know. that work? Uh, dude, I don't know. I have no idea. How do you mean it does it work? Yeah. You connect like to you, Wi-Fi, you no, dial the you number. Like, you're holding your phone? Like you set it up on a nice Yeah, oh, yeah, of service. course. Yeah, Leaned up on stupid, the TV. What a stupid question. Yeah. Like one, just one of those. That's usually one of those things that boyfriends think their girlfriends will yeah. think is attractive at that time at, in the night and a number of drinks. And they're like, look, exactly. babe, I'm going to kick Cody's <laughs> ass. And you're like, strong I am. I'm going to hang up before I want to break up with you more. <laughs> have yeah. you ever been in like a fist fight? Like a... Yeah, Battle? unfortunately, I have um, punched someone in the face, oh, and I don't have any recollection of it, but it was, I was 16, 15 or 16, and unfortunately discovered gin, like, you know, alcohol, and, um, or I shouldn't say I unfortunately discovered alcohol, because I, I do enjoy alcohol, <laughs> and I <laughs> don't have a problem with it, um, but <laughs> at the time, when you, it was new to me, I didn't understand it. So we thought we should play a game called sit down, drink as much of this two six of gin as possible with no other liquid and then stand up and see what happens. Oh. And my friends and I drank, three 15 year old girls drank a two six of gin in the span of like, I wanna say 20 minutes. Six. Smash cut, I'm flossing some guy's teeth in the shower, smash cut, I'm outside in, outside in a dumpster, smash cut, I'm being dragged up the stairs by some girl, I didn't want her to drag me up the stairs, I turn around, I just clock her in the face and she went, fuck this and just drop me. And then I apparently rolled down the stairs. And this story doesn't come up that often. This is your next, <laughs> this is your next movie, I think. Yeah, it's a good scene. <laughs> All takes place in one night. Yeah. And then I woke up, I woke up sitting upright in a chair. Thankfully we knew, <clears throat> we knew that much. And then I had to fly from Calgary to Vancouver Island to go home. And I threw up so many times in the Calgary airport that it was like starting to be concerning. And they have these, I'll never forget it. They have these garbage cans that have these like, li like lids. And so you had to like insert your head sideways. And then anyway, it was like kind of dark. And then I got home and my family friend drove me home and I was with my other two girlfriends. We'd gone on a ski trip and then my mom didn't make me go to school on Monday. Like, which I thought was very gracious of her because she should have like grounded me. But instead she was like, so you probably don't want to hang over again, hey? And I didn't drink gin for like 15 years after that. Wow. But she, um, she didn't make me go to school on the Monday and everyone at school thought I had alcohol poisoning. Like Sick. the rumor went around. And then I got to school on the Tuesday and everyone kind of like thought I was like kind of badass. 
You like still had tape from the IV on your like, arm. <laughs> the story had like circulated that I had like drank, which was cool in high school if you like drank. And then I had also punched a girl in the face. And <laughs> no, I guess my friends were gracious enough not to tell this part about me, you know, going backwards, somersaulting down the stairs. That's kind of cool too, though. I think I heard the story on Gloria Makarenko's program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just had like pent up energy all day. I was, like, I was like, it's really important in the space to <laughs> support women and get them into, you know, really have these kind of conversations around the underdog experience of the woman in the outdoor industry. And I'm on your pocket. I'm like, oh, punch this chick in the face. All on the stairs. I'm fucking sick. Both equally important. <laughs> Super important. It's mm. all formative. It's all, you know. It is. Anyway, gin is still not really my drink of choice. Uh, should we talk about the movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn wait, 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 wait. it. What was the question? Uh, the question was, do you have questions? Yeah, no, the question, I, I think we should, we're so deep in the podcast now, but like, by your definition, what is weak layers and not just the like elevator pitch? What, it, like, what is it coming from your perspective and who's mm. it for? Now, the movie did start with a definition. And I know what a weak layer is now. It's what I thought it was. I know by definition, a weak layer is a weak layer in the snow. That's, it's like it causes the avalanches. It's unstable, unstable, probably. Wow. Is it on top of, is it the top layer of snow? Is it the middle? Is it, does it depend? It's like within, within the snowpack. Okay. You know what? I was, t I was talking about layer of snowpack in LA and uh, <laughs> fuck me. Was I speaking with confidence in LA? I was like, all right, everybody huddle up. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'm going to teach you bronzed up folks about weak layers. I, I would never talk with that kind of confidence in like Revelstoke or Vancouver, mm. or like to your assumed audience that would are like probably if they're engineers, let's be real. Who know things about like snow science anyway? Yeah, the chathers know things. Mm -hmm. mm. But weak layers is weak layers are like the, the parts of the snowpack where the the facets don't settle properly and then when the snow falls on top of it, it's what causes the fractures and then that's where it slides from. So there was a metaphor there where it was like under load or under pressure, we all have a weak layer in ourselves, either an insecurity, a self-limiting belief, self-doubt, whatever it is, thing about us that when under pressure, or under load will ultimately crack mm. and be the thing that triggers us into a sort of either like downward spiral or outrageous kind of life circumstance and off it goes. That was the like setup or idea or metaphor for weak layers within humans and the egoic experience of oneself, I suppose. That's how I talked on Gloria McRae. <laughs> That's show. deep. Nice. That's so deep. That's she a was deep like, player. fuck, you're smart. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and she was like, hey, Macarenko. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> um, so for me, weak layers, I mean, I, I will say I have worked in the ski industry off and on in different spaces for like, you know, a few years. And I'm... I'm, I'm pretty cooked on a lot of it. You know, I, I don't really want to play their game. You know, I don't want to make funny, silly, goofy mood reels of me being like, LOL, I'm skiing with my girlfriends. And this is so cute. And these skis are also 179 and it's 100, 600 foot. And you know what I mean? Ask me in the comments, like, it's just not my vibe. So, um, in some ways this script was a little bit of a, like, goodbye, like farewell, Ooh. like love letter 
to the industry and the things that I have learned from it in the last 10 years, either participating in it, watching it, taking in the content, taking in the films, meeting some of the people, meeting some of the superstars, you know what I mean? Like being a part of it, but also feeling like an outsider in it the entire time and not really knowing where my place was in it. And I feel like that sort of external observation of this micro caustic society um, really and, and hierarchy is where a lot of the inspiration was drawn from. And like, I have to say, like, it wasn't that much of a lift to come up with some of these characters because I have experienced them in real life. And obviously in the telling of them within a script or a screenplay like this or a story like this, you're satirizing them to an effect. You're creating more of an archetype than perhaps you'd, you know, come across somebody in real life and, and sort of, and sort of, um, <clears throat> elaborating on things to drive home a point about a certain archetype, but I didn't have to dig that deep. You know, these people really do exist. And I also wanted to make sure that the movie was really grounded in ski culture and that it was coming from ski culture, not Hollywood. I've said this a thousand times at this point in the press tour, but well, I'm going to do it again. It's not like Hollywood making a ski movie where they're carrying their skis upside down and the girls have braids and toques on while they're like skiing black diamonds. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, like a Hollywood movie that came from ski culture where we had cinematographers from Warren Miller and we had real like um, secondhand jackets from Mark Tarex with duct tape on them and like lived in wardrobe and environments that were really authentic to the way that we actually have lived this life and ski towns actually truly exist. So in a lot of ways, it was kind of like a bow on the last 10 years of my life, you know, and leaving university, moving to Revelstoke, living, you know, four girls to a two bedroom apartment with our buddy on the, on a mattress on the floor in the living room. I was doing CBC Kelowna this morning, actually. And he's like a, a, a I, this is terrible. He's a gastroenterologist in Kelowna. And I almost said that on like live CBC. And then I was like, no, his peers probably actually listen to this. Like they're Whoa. legitimate human beings in Kelowna. I'm not going to throw them under the bus this hard, but I've, again, I've done it on your podcast. This is where you can come up and get all the like juicy fun stuff anyway. Um, and, and we were like shitheads. We were troublemakers, you know, and we got into all kinds of nonsense and hung hangovers and uh, parties that kind of wrecked houses and a, a, an entrance that was just full of bags of empty beer cans that never made it to the recycling depot because we didn't know where it was, <laughs> you know? Revstock's pretty big. So. <laughs> like you're just 20 and you're just an idiot, mm -hmm. you know? You guys captured that party vibe in the apartment scene where you have the uh, snow ramp inside you see it in the trailer. <clears throat> that was like, yeah, that's like the ultimate just burnout, ski bum. Destroy a house. Apartment, yeah. I, yep. I've had that. I've had that scene in my head for like a like ten years, mm. honestly. Like skiing inside of a house, kind of like you know those indoor mini ramps that skateboarders hit, and they like shoot like, those really fisheye looking things. I've always thought those were su like super cool edits. Yeah, although Bam Margera had a ramp in his house, yeah, similar similar kind of vibe. Yeah, what was his show? Uh, Viva, Viva La Bam. Bam. Viva La Bam. When I was Jackass. in o, when I was in au pair in Switzerland, that was the only show in English on like the TV in Switzerland. I watched oh, every really? episode what? of it, and Wild. maybe I'm maybe I'm like un subconsciously deeply inspired by Bam Margera, like um, 
visuals or something or whatever, but. I met him once in Vegas, Did ran you? into him. I didn't know, I couldn't believe it was actually him. I was starstruck and I thought it was an impersonator. And I had to go back, I took a photo. But apparently it's a faux pas. I shouldn't have taken a photo with him. Can't ask celebrities for a photo. Why is it a faux you pas? Can I don't know, someone told me it's a faux pas. No, some faux celebrities pas. really like it. Yeah. Some celebrities are photo celebrities and some are not. He's not that famous. He's not that he can famous. Margera. He can settle, he can settle <laughs> down. He can take a photo. Yeah, he can. I saw Natalie Portman with her children in the airport mm. like two weeks ago. She's not that. Okay. And I was like, this is not a photo celebrity. No, <laughs> no, no, especially no, not with kids. No. Yeah, Hardcore especially not. not with kids, obviously. Yeah. No. But I did like whisper that I loved her to her. Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, thank you. Did you do a unique thing no one's ever done in that moment? Mm. Not particularly. I just tried to like... Um, in my head, I was like, uh, we, we're this, we work in the same <laughs> yeah, right, industry, right. you know, like peer to peer here, like colleagues, colleagues. She's probably never heard you probably saw my new, my new movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been in theaters for oh, one week. <laughs> it will be in theaters for oh, one week. <laughs> in, in some towns, it's only there for oh, one day because <laughs> they can't justify it. It's so it precious. One day only. Tickets <laughs> are $1,000 Listen, her, her latest movie's just on Netflix. You can't even go to a theater. Ooh, no, I saw um, it. I saw it in, in a theater. Yeah, it was did in a the theater. Yeah. I'm sad. And that's what I, that's what I did. My uni thing is i said i'm sorry but we may december is so fantastic and she went thank you you like oh, you actually did talk to her uh-huh oh wow. and then i said i've already seen it twice and she said thank you that's very nice that's cool. and then i started her cheekbones for like one to eight seconds too long and mm -hmm. then i made a point of not looking down at her children and their dior roller bags and i exited <laughs> The Balenciaga ski jackets. Yeah. So, you know, when I like run into her in the Globe and Globes in like a few years, I'm yeah. going to be like, do you remember the Reno airport? <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the Feeding Off Each Other podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> My favorite podcast. <laughs> anyway. In California, bro. It's always How'd tricky. It's always tricky to know whether or not to talk to celebrities um, or say anything to celebrities. I saw Justin Hartley in my hotel this morning. I'm on a hot streak with seeing celebrities. Actually. I saw him this morning Who? and Justin Hartley from this is us. And also the season, um, oh, one shit. selling sunset drama where yeah. he broke up with Chris Shell on a post-it note and, um, which is so sex in the city coded of him. But anyway, <laughs> and then, so I, and I didn't say anything to him because I'm kind of team Chris ultimately. And I saw, but I saw, I, I met and talked to like a real conversation with um, Sandra O oh in Mexico <gasps> City. And I was, I was shaking after that one. Cause I feel like she's like a, a Canadian icon. I get really excited mm -hmm. about like women and like women from Canada who have mm -hmm. done it. Like Gloria Macarenko, I was like, I really had to control myself cause I didn't get like a meet and greet with her before I got mm -hmm. on the show with her. And I was just like, holy shit, like you are, you are a, a female icon, like a female Canadian icon. And Sandra owes the same way. There's something like you see us American women. Sometimes you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, you guys all are whatever, America. <laughs> you're born in LA. <laughs> but like, something, yeah, yeah. something about Canada. It's like you jumped through some hoops mm, for so, sure. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Anyway, I had a real conversation with Sandra O and I was like vibrating for like 48 hours after she made me feel really seen. I don't know. I was like, talking to her about her career. And then I was like, I actually just like have my first feature coming out. And she wasn't like, hmm, you know, yeah, yeah, that's adorable. She was like, what's it called? Da, 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 da. I was like, so when I run into her in the Golden Globes in a few years, I'm like, just kidding. Follow up on <laughs> that you conversation. could actually have that conversation with her. Yeah. Cause you, you, you know, yeah, we you, have like a you laid that foundation, we have like a rapport, yeah. you know, the Mexico city bakery, that strong foundation. Anyway, you don't have a weak layer. You got a strong foundation. Yeah, totally. I wanted to ask a question about the uh, title, Weak Layers, because 
we're interested in making a movie. We've been talking a lot about it. And mm-hmm. actually a lot of things you say about like how you came about your concept. It's like mirror of conversations we've had like in this studio. But uh, I'm, we're, I'm listening to an audiobook called Finish the Script. Mm. And the first step that they suggest to making a movie is to just come up with a working title. Mm. It's the first step. Just come up with a working title. Don't think about characters or anything. Uh, you can change it down the road. I'm wondering if We Clairs was your working title and it, if you came up with that early on. It was my working title. Mm. And uh, right before we went to production, I said, do you guys want to change the working title to the producers? Because it's super niche. And I and they were like, we actually love how niche it is. And if mainstream has to go Google what a week players is, like, great, like some active listening involved in the title. You know, I will say, I think more so to elaborate on what your audiobook is saying is it's actually about not being precious with anything you right. do. Yeah. Um, and anything you put down on paper. Nothing is final until it's literally like shipped as a DCP to a fucking you know what I mean? Like it it's it's it nothing is final until it's playing on a theater screen. What's a DCP? DP DCP. DB DCP? It's I don't know, file? it's a thing that people say that ha- do technical things. PDF? No, 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 no. DCP? <laughs> what the heck is this? Don't worry. You guys will learn about it when yeah. you see the movie. <laughs> see, we're just little babies in the film world. <laughs> okay, but- We don't meet celebrities <laughs> and talk to Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> but point, point is, is um, it's all, it's like data collection. And, and, right. and, and you, you really have to treat it with like a scientific, or at least I try to treat it with like a very scientific or experimental approach. So all the content you have put out it's, it's actually like, oh, like it's not personal. If something doesn't perform, you're just collecting data. If something performs really well, like look at it analytically, like what was it about this that landed for people? What am I doing? What do we do differently here? What, what do we do with the same here? You know, how is it that people are connecting into this? What's like really, what's really resonating for people and then take those data points and like put them into the work, into the longer form work. And I think ultimately it's about, um, really not feeling um, shame in your process and really not feeling embarrassed in your process and just being like, yeah, this is like, this is, this is, this is constantly evolving. I mean, we were writing, we were rewriting on set. And I mean, I, I can't talk with a ton of experience or confidence because I've done one movie and, and it was an indie and the set is obviously run a little bit differently on an indie than it is on a studio movie because so many of those jobs are being done by like multiple jobs are being done by one person. So we didn't have like, you know, the, the massive chain of command that you might on a, on a studio film, for example. Um, so I, I don't want to say... <laughs> take my advice all, all the way to the grave. But, um, I, I think in terms of just artistic process, it's, it's, um, it, it's like everything is open palm. It's got to just move through and, um, you don't have to like your V one to your V 25. You never have to feel a certain way about yourself in that process. And that's actually part of the, the work, as they say, you know, it's like the, the self, uh, the self in process. And, um, I don't know for me, it's also like, I heard this thing the other day, like everything should be, um, like a page out of your diary. And I think getting really personal is really challenging. Um, in some of this stuff, like how you're writing and how you're sharing and how you're, um, you're like laying yourself down in a way. And, that's actually what people want to see, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what people really connect to in theaters. When you feel like you're eavesdropping on a real conversation or you're 
you're reading someone's mind or you're feeling their innermost secrets. Like that's what we're interested in as people because we're all having these parallel experiences and trying to pretend a lot of the time like we're not. And so I think that's the power of film. And then in the process of creating those films is like, it's actually our job as the creator to be the most vulnerable in the process of it, you know? Yeah, you gotta take risks. The book suggests you just, yeah, at all costs, finish the script no matter what. And if you can make it through the first draft and actually start a second, you've already made it past 97% of other people. (laughs) Yeah. They never even try to revise their first draft. So, you know. Yeah, drafts are really powerful things. Um, and, And I would say the first draft is the most important piece of the entire process because it'll blow your mind <coughs> or it's blown my mind like um to have a v1 and then it's like it, it's literally like taking a living room and pulling like of an old shitty house and pulling all the furniture out and it's like the first coat of paint right and then you're like holy shit i see this living space mm-hmm. and now i don't want to stop working on this living space until I have a golden retriever and four kids and a freaking Christmas tree with presents underneath it. Like I, I can't stop. I just have to finish this. Like, uh, and the V one is like the, the framework I, I feel for. Now, sometimes you're cleaning your house and you don't know when to stop. You're still tired. You're going, you feel like you're just moving things for the sake of moving them around. How did you know when to stop? I mean, in part we were resources, budget, you know, um, your imagination is one thing and then what can actually come off the page and onto the screen is a totally other thing. Um, and so it's, it's it, again, it's the not being precious and the finished work is better than perfect work kind of a pro, a pro, approach. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like knowing when to stop. It was like knowing when you have to stop, I guess. And for me, like, I think I have a pretty good relationship with, um, the fuck it, ship it concept, you know, like I, I, I have a rule like within my team where we're not allowed to say it's good enough or it's fine. Like you can't say that. One of our biggest shoots ever. It became a joke on set when the, we would all yell good enough <laughs> after like the sickest shots we've ever got. That's a really good bit. I like that bit, but ours was more so cause we would be like, it's fine. Like, let's just move on. And then I was like, Let, let's like reevaluate our relationship with how we're saying it's fine. Mm. And like, cause really what's happening when you're saying it's fine is you're actually identifying a problem and you actually need to go deeper right. into that problem. Cause there's a solve there. That's going to give you a better product. Um, so, so if something come is some if something was coming up as it's fine, I was like, you know what I mean? Like let's let's reverse because there's something incorrect here. Um, and then I don't know. I think there it's like pick your battles and um, um, just it's, get it. Just get something out. It's kind of hard to be the director when everybody's looking at you like, do we move on? And and you're going through a bit of an emotional thing. You're trying to make a decision to keep pushing. Everybody's tired out here. You know, you could probably get something better and everybody's just looking your way and you're, you genuinely think it's good enough to move on. And you kind of have to put on an act and say, no, it's great. I love it. I love it. And you say, it almost sounds like disingenuous sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of an accent. Yeah. But being a director and being a leader, it's like, it's not just always about that one shot. You know, sometimes it's about your team 
and morale and weather and people's temperatures and where everybody is at for the next day, you know, and it's, it's like being able to hold the vision of the bigger project and, and putting people into positions where they can just go excel and your work is like easier because you have really good people around you. So, and they trust you to that they'll take care of, you'll take care of them and you know, all that sort of stuff. I feel like I, I had a crash course in that working on this movie. It was like, okay, like we don't have time to get really obsessive over these shots, you know, but, um, Quentin Tarantino has this thing where he goes, uh, we're, we'll do it again because we love making movies. <laughs> and I mean, he has unlimited resources and he can make Leonardo DiCaprio do things over and over and over until it's like beyond perfect. And then he'll use like the second take because mm. actually something weird happened in it that makes it more interesting in the edit, you know? Um, <laughs> so I had this like bit on set where I'd, I'd go, we're going to do it again because <laughs> and everyone would go, we love making <laughs> movies. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, and then, and if you can kind of create like humor mm -hmm. around the fact that you're just slogging through yeah. things, sometimes it like makes everybody feel like we're on the same team. It's not, it's not a top down approach. And, and I really try to come onto set with that the entire time. It's like, I'm the, I'm probably the newest person to filmmaking on this set. Like, you tell me, you be my leader. Like I'm going to lead from behind, which I've actually done as a biking bit, but I was really <laughs> like brought that into play on this thing. Cause I was just like, the more I enable people to shine, the more I'm going to get. And it was like incredible what people, what the crew brought to set, you know, and, and the other actors as well. Like, um, cause it, yeah, I was managing a lot mentally, um, doing both those jobs. You mentioned that you didn't have, you had an indie crew, so smaller crew than normal, but there were some scenes where you had a lot of background actors. I was curious about them. There's one scene when uh, Tina receives the red mm. because she's a hot girl. She can get what she wants. And there was quite a cool shot. Oh yeah, here it is. Quite a cool shot, like a lot of background there. And I was thinking, what is this real? Are these cast, is this cast, is this AI? Can you let us in? Okay, so <clears throat> this shot is actually a bit of a joke because um, our extras coordinator, Bo Martino and Nicole Drion were joking about that. Uh, the fact that uh, they called all these people to come and that they were all working extras. But really what had happened here was that it was a powder day on KT 22 and that was the public. And we kind of looked at each other like, fuck it, chip it. <laughs> and we just shot it with them in the background. And it is a really cool looking shot, Beautiful but, shot. but that's the public. That's awesome. And There's not, not a single person looking at the camera. They were really cool about it. Tahoe was really, really cool about this movie. Um, there, they, the, the whole community knew it was happening. It felt like, and they were extremely excited about it and extremely supportive. And it, it's now been held over a third week in Tahoe at the mm -hmm. cinema there. Um, because the community is coming out to see it and love it and celebrate it. Um, and I don't know, I was, I was born away, blown away by the way that the, the town rallied around the shooting of the thing. Like we had extras come out and dance on repeat and silence and yeah. they were so excited about it. A lot of party scenes. Did you have friends? Did you get any friends in the film or are these mostly people who are just volunteered? This was volunteers. I mean, the producers are Tahoe based, so it's a lot of their friends. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know, again, I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing, but a lot of them were like followers of mine as well. Yeah, sure. And they were super excited just to support my career, which is 
really cool and like meet in person and like chat and like have a moment together. And it was like, yeah, I always get really excited when, when the, the power of social media shows up in real life, because it's just like very validating and very like soul healing in the, as the opposite of how like draining social media can be, can be sometimes it's really nice to make those connections in person with people, you know, you were there, Sandra. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Wouldn't, like, that, right. wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, you gotta use it. It's like a hack. It's like the new age. Like that's how you get background actors if you're uh, making online films like us. You gotta, gotta ask the fans. So they'll work for cheap. So you guys want to make a bike movie? <laughs> uh, no, not not exactly a bike movie, but uh, we'd like to make a feature length film. Um, include an element of a bike narrative. Narrative, yes. Cool. Writer. Writers. Writing together. Writers, yes. Mm-hmm. How much time do you dedicate to it, like on a weekly basis? Well, we just started our movie writing Fridays last. Oh my god, that's like, so oh, sorry, fun! For, yeah, Friday. yeah, like three days ago. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and you're like, we should have Katie Burrell on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We only worked for like a couple hours, and then we said, okay, next Friday, let's like probably do the whole day. So yeah, cool. we're working on. It. But we've been talking about it for four and a half years. So <laughs> that's yeah, that's what it takes sometimes. Service. I mean, I feel like I've been thinking about making movies since I was like three. You know, yeah. um, it, it's ha- that the dream has to feel very painful or you won't stick to it. Mm-hmm. If not achieving the dream doesn't feel like it's going to permanently injure you, then it, you probably won't make it happen. So you have to like lean into how much it hurts, like how bad you want it. Cause it's not easy. It's not that like there are not fun days. That's what my wife said last night. Like you gotta go. It's not easy to take it. Is she working film? No, forget about it. I'm talking about, <laughs> never mind. Just cut that. We gotta cut that. <laughs> I got a loogie. <laughs> so one, Didn't work. one thing we were discussing too was like, when in the timeline does everything happen? Cause we were like, okay, you start coming up with ideas. You start writing, you write like, like, when do you sell it? When do you pitch it? Like, when does it all, did you write a script first? Well, I got really lucky because, um, so there's no, there's no formula mm-hmm. at the indie level. Indie films can come together in any way, shape or form. And I got really lucky because the producers of dream, uh, the producers of weak layers had seen dream job and they liked what they saw in dream job. And they reached out and asked if I had a feature. And I went to work immediately on a feature after I told them that, yes, I did have a feature. Of course. Um, (laughs) And it was quarantine. It was March, 2020. So I had a bit of time. (laughs) And, um, and then it, it, the, the, the way that we approached it, I don't think they'll, they'll have a problem with me saying this was after they, they were like, they had other writers pitching and after they saw my pitch, which they liked the most, they decided to move forward on a pay to play scenario wherein I wrote the first draft if they liked or sorry, I wrote the, the outline. If they liked the outline, they would engage a first draft and I would get paid for the outline. And then if they liked the first draft, they would engage a second draft and they would pay for the first draft. You know what I mean? So it was this pay to play scenario, which is common. Uh, the other option was that I could have written it on spec wherein I would have owned it entirely. But I felt like if I wrote it on spec and then they read it and they didn't love it, I would have spent like four to six months writing something that they had no like skin in the game mm. on, you know, or horse in the race. I don't know. I'm always scared that expressions are problematic now. And I don't know. I haven't done my research, but <laughs> horses are very, <laughs> yikes. very yeah. yikes. Um, apologies if the horse community is upset anyway. Um, and so I went with pay to play because I figured that they would 
give notes and they would be involved and did it and it worked because the other thing that happened was after they read my first draft they were like you know what she's not a professional screenwriter we can tell by the way that she's approached she's tackled <laughs> final draft you read it in comic sans but, <laughs> but god bless her for trying you know it was a it was a mega fake it till you make it moment because i had done courses at ucla in the attempt to do a master's in screenwriting but i hadn't finished it but when they were like can you screenwrite? I was like, yeah, I went to UCLA and screenwriting. And they were like, okay, we're going to fact check this later on, <clears throat> which Jared did uh, after like the overnight. And what is it? Just like the storytelling doesn't, Sorry, wasn't I'm good enough? Or like, I'm doing too many details. Or, or, um, or like uh, literally like the format of... It was the format. The format. So, okay. so they loved the characters. They loved the dialogue. They loved the humor. They they could tell I had the I could hold the vision. They saw the whole... A story, but there's there are these elements of films that are sort of elemental to it being a successful movie. Plot is one, um, and like arc is another of characters, and acts like act one, yeah. act two, act three, um, which maybe your audiobook has already told you, and I'm just repeating information at this point. Uh, not quite. You're not of the arcs. Quite. Not of the not of the acts chapter. Not quite. No. <laughs> Um, and so premises, they, characters. They, he's still at the table of contents. <laughs> <laughs> they, they brought Andrew Ladd in because they were invested at this point. And right. Andrew is really who um, helped me turn it into a script. Now, because of this pay to play scenario and because of this dream job and because of this seeing me and they already had this idea of where they wanted to make a ski comedy and resurrect the genre and they were already pitching. They had a plan. It was like, in some ways I was a hired gun, right? To execute on this plan they already had. Um, and so that's how, that's how that came together. Now in, in the case of my next movie, uh, there's a couple of different approaches that I'll take, um, on some of the, on the smaller budget one that we're looking at right now, like what we'll do is we will put together a, um, like a lookbook and a budget and we'll try to attach stars via my manager and agents and or like names and then once it's sort of packaged like that you can take it to financiers financiers or you can take it to studios or you can take it to production companies and then you can have two production companies come together as a co-pro and then they can both invest and it's sort of like less uh it's less of investment for each of those companies so they can um they don't have to put as much in you know in i had a meeting at the whistler film fest i i took a meeting there's like these 30 minute one-to-ones that you can sign up for as a filmmaker and i got one with um, a woman at elevation pictures and i i asked her like what does it take to move the needle as like a, a no-name writer director um in terms of like knocking on the elevation pictures door and she said a lookbook a budget and a star and so really more so what i recommend to you guys is get your script and then get an agent or get a manager and because your manager is really about like their job is really to introduce you to people and make connections because i don't know who you guys would I don't know, maybe you, maybe, you know, a star, but the thing with stars and, and, and looking back on weak layers, like the way it's popping is actually sort of surprising with the fact that we don't have any like big names, quote unquote, you know, but if we had like big names, maybe we'd be doing a longer box office run or a longer theatrical or theatrical would have been easier to turn or maybe festivals would have been easier to get into. Um, I think ultimately there's an audience for the movie. So we're getting lucky in that sense, but, um, I, the next movie I do, I, I really want to make sure I have 
some stars, you know, or a star because they they like turn it. And that's that's the industry. That's that's what Hollywood wants. They they want it's a it's ultimately a business. They want a guaranteed ROI. So you guarantee an ROI if like Chalamet is on your movie, right? And and just thinking about it as like inter- intellectual property and stocks and who you're in and how you're packaging things to create an in, like a, a portfolio an investment portfolio ultimately mm-hmm. that you're gonna put out into the world and and hope turns a profit. So it's it's script or and then it's and then it's uh, it's packaging that script um, and and it sounds and feels daunting. Um, and, and the more you do it and the closer you get to various people in the industry, the easier it gets because everybody's doing it all the time. And you put together these packages and then it doesn't go anywhere and you repackage it and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I mean, that's how I'm going to approach the next couple of things that I'm working on right now. And then having conversations with managers and agents where they're like, oh, like our other client is doing this and like you guys should team up on this. And maybe that if you guys team up, then this person would be interested. And, you know, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that, which I personally enjoy. You know, I think it's fun and exciting because I I'm, I love working with people. Like as soon as you guys were like, we're making a movie, I'm like, okay, so I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do have a bike movie idea. We Clears 2? No. Damn. Tweak. Three. Three. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you? Uh, no, save it for off there. It might yeah. be really good. Yeah, what or if we could just good? bleep this for, yeah. Is it a good idea or a bad idea? I don't know. Weak but idea? I, I think it'd be a really cool story to tell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I want to make a movie about uh, a blonde biker, no name, blonde biker. <laughs> Is it who you? tries you? to... You think I'm a blonde? No, I don't. I don't Martin Soderstrom. <laughs> yeah, like, a blonde to? female biker. Oh, okay. Oh. Who tries to get into the hardest biking competition in the mm. world and is rejected over and over and over and then is allowed in. Anyway. This is the idea? That's we what the. Well, that, we got to bleep it. Yeah, you're going to bleep oh, it. Oh, I thought you were saving it. Sorry, we got Yeah, we got to bleep it. That's the premise. No, yeah. I was. Just I bleep think, the last 40 seconds. Yeah, well, Casey Brown's story of trying to get into Rampage. Ah. And then having like the reader romance and then it disintegrates and blah, 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 you know, all that shit. Former Our, guest. Who? Former guest. Former guest. Also, she said that someone was trying to buy her story rights. That's a different story. That's her. <laughs> no, that's not her okay. growing I thought up. Maybe it was you. No. Yeah, yeah, different story. That's her like family story. Growing up in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Anyway, can we bleep? Can we bleep that? Yeah, just bleep. The, we'll just bleep like the last thirty minutes. So <laughs> solid bars from my bomb. Okay, where bleep where were we? How long did you shoot for? We had twenty three days of actual production, and then we had an R a camera a arm car camera day. Um, so twenty four, and then second unit was operating peripherally. Um, capturing like uh, ski action. Any miserable weather days? Because you're shooting outside a lot at the at the resort. That is a nightmare in winter. Jeez. We actually got like as much as I remember being cold a lot of the time. Um, we got so freaking lucky with weather because we shot that thing in November and December, and it looks like the dead of winter in California. You know, and going back there this year for the premiere, I'm like, oh my god it looks like freaking March there right now. Mm-hmm. So we, we got so lucky. I mean, Tahoe had a record year last year and the movie gives you this really deep winter kind of feeling that I think if it didn't have that, it wouldn't feel as much like a ski movie. I, I have yeah. said this before. I really do feel like there are people upstairs like working, working the magic there because it's, you, 
you're not a like spiritual or religious person until you are like making your first feature and you're praying to God that maybe it does something for your career or moves the needle in some way in your life. And like, it just, you buy 15,000, your art department buys $15,000 worth of snow blankets and drives them up from LA. And then they just sit in a truck because it like snows at night. And then you need it to be sunny and clear the next day. And it just is. And then the mm. next day you need it to be exactly the same color of sky for continuity. It just is. And then the next day you need snow on these areas. Otherwise you have to blanket it and it just snows and then stops. You're like, this is fucking like, to me, I was just like, this, it, this movie's meant to be this Hashtag movie. Blessed. This movie needs to exist. I don't know. I, I whenever I'm like universe, but I'm like universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? On this one anyway, with the weather, it was like kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, but we've all been on both sides. <laughs> like when it's bad on a project where the weather's not cooperating, I assume. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. And that sucks. Yeah. I, again, the cold thing is really bad. And I was really worried about the actors getting cold because once you're cold, when you're cold, you're so distracted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some skin suits, uh, costumes in the film too. You know? mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. wondering about that. The one scene that almost body bagged us was <laughs> walking across the parking lot with wet hair yeah. after the pool in the robes. Oh, Oh, yeah. I won't write a scene like that again. That was like a walk of shame. Would you classify that as? It was like, actually the walk of shame. That was bad too, because I lose my jacket at the bar, which was actually an improv bit. And then we shot it without, cause we, and we liked it. So we shot it without it. And then, um, I didn't realize until the next day when we were shooting the, the next scene, I was like, now I have to do this fucking scene in a sweater. Mm. And it was so cold. It was like minus 15. There was another walk of shame as well. When you woke up in the, uh, in a gentleman's bedroom and had to sneak out. That's, oh, that's the one I'm talking about. That's the about. one you were talking about. Yeah, okay. I'm in a sweater. Yeah. Uh, I see. And then I had to run out to the van and you know, you're doing like six, seven takes in a, and God bless like Chris and Cree, our PAs, like holding my coat and bringing me hot water in a cup. I was like, how am I supposed to function in the real world after we wrap? <laughs> like, I'm just gonna have to know where my own coat is when I am cold. And it, it's, it was a, it was a real, um, recalibrating. We talked about this on the last plot or something. <laughs> the the importance of the person that holds yeah. the, the jacket. Yeah. Did you have good PAs? I was, I had that job one time on a music video here in Vancouver for like a boy band that didn't, never quite made it, but, um, so, I, which, it was, which boy band? I Ma can't even remember. <laughs> were they a Vancouver boy band? No, they were LA. They were LA. Okay. And it was in the sort of era of boy bands, like yeah. kind of starting to like, uh, go away. And they were like, maybe we can resurrect a boy band. Um, and on the music video shoot, I held their jackets and I was the guy. It was like the director, the DP, then me <laughs> in terms of hierarchy because yeah. it was so cold and we were shooting in a parking lot by the P&E and they were hosing down the parking lot at night. So it would glisten yeah. like oh, the big uh, lights were shining. I would glisten up on them and they were like spinning and water was like splashing up at them. And then they'd be like cut and these like 20 year old boys would be like, and I'd be like, come here boys. I got you. Mommy's got you. <laughs> Has anyone told you that your like alter ego kind of uh, is kind of like Beetlejuice? <laughs> I just watched Beetlejuice first time. Like, I get that reference. Like when you I watch when, movies. Like when you go into a second voice, it's kind of got this like, "Hey, mama." <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't think she liked that. <laughs> no, no, like that one. Not aesthetically. Like, this is not like aesthetically. Energy wanted. <laughs> I was waiting for you. To <laughs>
She's gonna throw hands. This I was perfect. waiting for you to be like Dakota Johnson <laughs> with like the bangs, like the bangs of <laughs> Dakota Johnson. Oh, no. Or like Julie, the mom from the OC. No, no, that's... And then you're like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Gloria didn't cool. say that today on there. <laughs> Dave's gonna think about that all night. Well, cool. No, 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 no. I'm a snow <laughs> influencer. That I mean, kind of <laughs> Beetlejuice is hilarious. <laughs> is no, no, no. You know what? Don't Let's give him the floor. Dig yourself out, right. sir. <laughs> I'm saying you go from, you know, this... Uh, I'm just going to deadpan the camera this, while you... This indie film darling, you know, this Dakota Johnson oh, doppelganger, and then you shift on a dime to this mm. Uh, mm. exciting character. Keeps us on our toes. Yeah. Nice. toes. You know what, actually? I did have a compliment one time mm -hmm. that someone said, you have a lively face. <laughs> Not That's a lovely good. face, a lively face. And oh, they yeah. said, actually, I think having a lively face is more attractive than a lovely face. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, interesting. Because you just can't take your eyes off of it. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I was like, cool. Thank you. Lovely faces, like, maybe they don't move as much, you know? Mr. And in a world a of... Face. It's all it's, face acting. It's oh, true. Yeah. Beloved man. Jim Carrey. Oh. I love Mr. Bean. Mm -hmm. I love Rowan Atkinson. I grew up on Mr. Bean and Wallace and Gromit. I'm going to, like find myself later tonight like trying to fall asleep and just watching beetlejuice videos like picking <laughs> apart my face and no it's not a visual thing uh, this is for the audio listener right. <laughs> i'm just okay come on give the dave the credit the no, it's, cool. I got the it's cool it's cool it's cool it's fine dave. it's fine <sighs> It's good for me. I, you guys were like, you guys were like, you guys were like, you're so smart. Like, tell us how to do our careers. Uh -huh. Like, what? Real you have so much information. Beetlejuice. So, you know, this is yeah. ground you a little bit because you know you're on a press tour. I know, yeah. Called me a movie star. Yeah, I'm on a press tour. Gloria Franco. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we got to keep it real. Feels here on good the to theme. get back to the bike community. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Call exactly. Sandra. <laughs> She'll give you a good pep talk. Yeah, yeah. Sandio. Okay, next question. Uh, we wrote like a, a <laughs> 50 million questions for you. Uh, maybe we just like bang through a few quick ones here. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay, wait, wait. What time is it? We are two minutes from when we said we would let her go. Oh, boy. Don't, we're, I think we're cutting 30 minutes out, right? I would That's say fine. my heart out My heart out is 6.30. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, quick questions then. Shittiest job you've worked? Sheet metal. Wow, really? Yeah, I was a sheet metal worker Oof. in between the summers of university. Um, that was pretty bad. Holy sheet. But I did love it at the same time. I loved the guys I worked with so much. Um, so I think there's actually a worse one, though. And it was um, flagging. You ever flagged? Uh, like road flagging? The flag in the morning? No. <laughs> like, like road flagging? Like, like road, road flagging. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that bad? I didn't work it, but I know the people. <laughs> And you, you were a flagger for like or a weekend. A I don't think you can say that anymore. A flagger. It's a flagger for like a weekend, okay. and then you know, I, I um, I just didn't fit in with the Tracys that brought me double doubles and <laughs> yeah, yelled at exactly. me for standing in the middle of the road, even though that was my job. <laughs> All right, next question: Which ski town does the best apres? Did I say that right? You did good. Yes. Oh my god, it's Tahoe. Really, the, the chamois in Tahoe sells mm. the most. Budweiser in North America. Like, what a stat. That's incredible. Wow. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What was your first concert? Sorry, you want to answer it legit? 
No. What's your first? What's your first movie? What's your favorite? First. Movie? I don't actually think I have a favorite movie. Okay, fair enough. But maybe The Little Rascals. Mm, nice. That's a good answer. Do not look up what Alfalfa is doing these days. <laughs> God, I don't want to know. What uh, What was your first concert? Do you remember? Uh, Fred Penner. I walked oh, in. Oh, sick. Yeah, it's my mom's like favorite story. I she love got Fred me front Penner. row tickets to Pe Fred Penner and he started playing his first song and I was sitting there front row and he started playing. And I just stood up and walked out and then she had to get up and walk out after me. So I wasn't into it. <laughs> I Speaking of concerts, <laughs> not to rag. But I have floor seats for Taylor Swift in December, and I am losing my mind. This, you might for see here? this guy, Jason Lucas. Uh, I sold all mine. Oh, you did? You yeah. sold yours? I sold my tickets. What markup did you get? Uh, too much. Oh, oh my God, you yeah. bastard. So yeah. Jason's I'm a scalper. A, no one's scalping. I'm not into this. I'm not into this. I'm like a Swifty purist, and I'm mm. like, you're taking advantage of her and the art that she's creating for the world. Okay, yeah. next question. I think we can all agree. Um, <laughs> next question is, uh, do you have an inner monologue? Oh, it's crippling. <laughs> yeah, I like really have body image issues. <laughs> you guys are like, let's do quick questions. I don't like, think that was how like. How much time do you have for body dysmorphia? No, I mean, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's part of it. But more, it's just like, do you hear your thoughts or are you just acting like, like whatever you think of you just do? Like when you read a story, are you hearing the words in your head or are you just seeing sentences? Oh, I'm seeing sentences. I'm I'm in it. I'm just in it. And it's like when it. people that read books where they read the words, I like can look at the page and know the story, or I'm in the story. Does that make sense? Sort yeah. of. You're immersed. I'm immersed in the story. <laughs> and inner monologue wise, you you were not talking about um, like horrifying, yeah, like not like mental self, loops that you self hatred. <laughs> Not cool. back, but cool. Um, yeah, that's oh, for the, cool. That's cool, 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 cool. That's for the CBC. Uh, next question. Sure. Uh, just a light one here. What do you think happens after you die? <laughs> oh, I believe in reincarnation. Mm. Oh. What do you do? You have you ever heard that uh, your birthmark is a sign of where, like, how you died? Yeah, but I don't have any birthmarks. I have a birthmark right on my forehead, right here, right oh, in the center between geez. my eyes, from the top of my, Ooh. from my hairline to my nose. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's how you died. I think it's something, it, it is something though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I heard this thing about past lives and reincarnation and energy and whatever. And they were talking about how a lot of people in our current uh, generation have like really bad trap pain and like upper shoulder and neck pain. And it's because so many people died by guillotine in like the the dark ages yeah yeah and so now we're now we're coming back and we're all like oh my god damn back <laughs> oh my neck's killing me it's like well it got sheared off oh, in geez. a medieval war machine anyway Whoa. no i believe in reincarnation but not necessarily just as human energy um so like you can be reincarnated as like a, a, it's like a bird or yeah like animal, animal energy and then back into human um, and, but the thing for me is i'm just like the Entered like ah, this is too big of a conversation. But I'm just like you can't just you don't you can't just die. Mm. There's just there's got to be more. Yeah. But where were you before? Where was I before? Yeah. I've been busy. <laughs> a guillotine. Wait, what were you saying? I said a guillotine. We're all in guillotines. We're all getting our heads chopped off <laughs> yeah. in previous lives. Did I get that right? No, I don't think so. Okay, this is gonna maybe sound, but I have. Okay, this is bad. I don't know if this is gonna make people hate me or not. I love luxury. 
love it's great luxury except for the balenciaga stuff all right friend. i don't even know if i'd call that <clears throat> I, don't, I wouldn't call that luxury i love luxury okay and my family you know we're, we're comfortable we're middle, middle class upper middle class um but they don't have a desire for like the nicest hotel room, the mm. fanciest car, the most beautiful jewelry. And I'm, I do, I'm really drawn to it. And when I was in London at Christmas this year, I was walking through uh, like St. James area. And I was like, I was a fucking member of the Royal family. Like I am <laughs> serious. I know it sounds unhinged, but I was like, look, I was like <laughs> I looking in these shops and I was like, I need this stuff. Like to the point I felt it on this like deep, part of myself where I was like, I, I belong surrounded by <laughs> jewels, luxury, wealth. And I don't have that in my current life. Like I li live in a trailer park in Revelstoke, you know what I mean? And it bothers me. And whenever I, I'm with and around affluence or wealth or luxury or comforts, I feel more creative. I feel more calm. I feel more taken care. I feel more like alive. I feel smarter. I'm like, I, I personally think that there was a past life where I, I really was in that and I was thriving in that space and then it was taken away from me. And now in this life, I am seeking it. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. We should do a day of writing in like the crappiest coffee shop we can find, mm. see how it goes and then go to the nicest, see which one we're more productive at. This is a whole thing. This is a whole is thing. It? Yeah. And I have a coach and she, she, we talk about it cause mm. she, you know, she, she talks about like the astrological elements of it as well. This is really when people are going to start like not yeah. taking it seriously anymore. They're turning it off. Whatever. Fuck yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't lose me at Beetlejuice, you'll lose me at fucking energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. Anyway. <clears throat> All right, next question. Uh, you say cars, luxury. What kind of cars do you think we drive? Tacomas. No offense. There's a Tacoma. There's a Tacoma. <laughs> There's one Tacoma. You guys are you guys scream Tacomas. Just next. kidding. And Dave? Yeah. Can you? <laughs> no, Hold you're it. like um, you're a your yeah, Subaru. No. Forester. No. But you're close enough. What is like it? it's a station wagon though, right? Uh, no, I have like a very small SUV. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's like a station wagon to me. <laughs> it's not like long and skinny, you know? Uh-huh. Well, what on. is it? It's, it's a Honda HRV. Okay. I was, I'm like I'm six degrees from a Tacoma. Tundra? No, six degrees the other way, maybe. You're not an F-150 guy, are you? No, Forerunner. Oh, okay. Four Skinner. Uh, next, we should just go into our game. I think. Yeah, yeah I can should. ask questions I'm for seven fun. years. I'm having fun. Are you guys having fun? Okay, so I got a question for you. You know what? I will say, men don't really ask questions. So this is kind of like novel <laughs> for me. Like just asking, ask questions. My men? Are you kidding me? The women listening to the show. I don't know how many women okay, listen I'll, to I'll your podcast, three. but the three women that listen to your podcast are like, wow. Listen to them go. Hey, we got a few more after this one. <laughs> yeah, just you wait. They just had questions wait. prepared. It was all women in, in the theater that we went to. All women. I always say, if you haven't heard of me, ask your girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to read you what our questions are. You got to pick one, okay? You can choose between what's the last text message you received and can, when will you read it? What's your guilty pleasure? Have you ever been arrested? Who's on your movie, Mount Rushmore? And have you ever been fired? You got to pick one, choose quick. Fired, I guess. You've been fired? Yeah, I've been fired. Go for, on. Uh, and? I was a sushi chef for a day. What? Mm-hmm. Is it before or after the sheet metal? This was before sheet metal, uh, in between flagging and sheet metal. Um, You've lived a whole life. I have done a lot of things, <laughs> and the I I 
I was, you know, when you have like, you can't get a job because you haven't had a job. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was like 18 and I, the only job I had had was a ski instructor and a nanny. Um, and I needed like a job that was going to give me enough money to have um, cash when I was at college. And so I was like, I got to get a waitressing job, but I've never waitressed. So I went to a restaurant and I gave them my resume. I got handed my resume out to a few different places. This is in Nanaimo. And I didn't go to Cactus Club though, because Cactus Club, apparently they wrote what you were out of 10 on the top <laughs> corner. Um, <laughs> you know, this is pre-body positivity, et cetera. And mm. we wonder where our crippling, you know, mental uh, body no dysmorphia kidding. issues come from as mil- millennial women. Anyway, I didn't want to know. That's awful. I didn't want to know if I was hot enough to get hired at Cactus Club. So I just didn't go. And it's something that haunts me to this day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to the sushi restaurant um, beside Moxie's across from Woodgrove Mall. You were an 11 there. And I. <laughs> for <laughs> <our> chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked in with a lot of confidence and I was like, I'm just going to take a different approach this time. Mm-hmm. And he, had, he was really busy. He was like running lunch service. And so he was like, you know, do you, do you have any experience? Like you have a resume. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of experience. And he was like, okay, well then get back there. And we kind of miscommunicated where he thought I had experience actually (laughs) cooking Japanese food Mm. and making sushi. So I got back there. I put on my little white tunic that was hanging in the back and did the little buttons up across the front. And I got to work on dipping the the tempura in the, um, I put in the prawns in the tempura batter. Mm. And this man came back and yelled at me like maybe four to 12 times in the span of, you know, two or three hours. And I, I lost a lot of shrimp in that tempura um, deep, deep frying bucket. And then I tried to make a few sushi rolls and they mm-hmm. fell apart. And then I sent a few pieces of you know, really no sheet metal experience came into the role. I, I hadn't done sheet no, metal. Like, oh, it was before. Okay. I did so flagging, the I did flagging, then sushi chef. And then right. I got the sheet metal job mm-hmm. and the sheet metal job is a great story that we can say for your next podcast. So, so you'd wait. say, you'd say that job was temporary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you guys ready so for a game? Sorry. We don't have much time here. Katie's got six minutes. Yeah. She's going to be late. And Wait, we got to do the intro. We got to introduce. We yeah. got Nardware on the yep. lock here? You know Nardware. I don't have it. I got it. Okay. Are you ready? It's that time again, folks. Time to play this or that. The game where you choose between two radically different options. Either this or that. Are you ready? Wow. I, I think so. Okay. I think okay. I have a choice. Who's saying the things? I'm going. Okay. Early mornings or late nights? Oh, late nights. Pia Marble or Poopa Baseball? Pia Marble. Bad talent or bad writing? Bad talent. Jack Daniels or Fireball? Um, I like it or I don't like it. You, you like pick it. one. Yeah, you gotta drink one. I just have to pick one. Fireball. Hecklers <laughs> or Dead Silence? Dead Silence. Uh, 60 chicken nuggets or 60 chicken wings? 60 chicken nuggets every time. <laughs> Being an undeniable legend or unsung hero? Unsung hero. Walk of shame or hall of fame? Walk of shame. Bar up or bar down? Bar down. Cry every time you poop or poop every time you cry? (laughs) Poop every time you cry. Working with brands or working independently? Working independently. Juiced up frat boy or burnt out ski bum? Juiced up frat boy. Vomit on a gondola or shit your pants on a chairlift? Shit your pants on a chairlift. Wipe front to back or back to front? I forget. <laughs> Adventure buddy or life partner? Ah, oh, fuck them both. <laughs> Directing or acting? Acting. Resort or backcountry? Resort. Revelstoke Mountain Resort or Mount Washington? Mount Washington. Apparate the bar or in the parking lot? Bar. Shrimp cocktail or sex? Shrimp cocktail. 
Flimsy. Sex, sorry. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Uh, flimsy coverings or weak layers? Oh, weak layers. Go see my movie. And finally, <laughs> weak layers or strong foundation? Again, weak layers. Please go see my movie. This is all I have at this time in my life. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Go. You did it. Whoa. I'm That's really concerned with the fact that I said shrimp cocktail over sex. Like, That's fine. I'm concerned. Are you hungry? But it's because I went to Joe Forte for lunch <laughs> oh, today, nice. and I was with my <laughs> manager, and she got. Uh, Caesar salad, the seafood Caesar salad. And then I was like, ah, oh, that sounds really good. And I got, I get really bad food envy. Mm-hmm. But when I had looked at the menu before, <laughs> this happens to me all the time. Yeah, for sure. When I looked at the menu before, I was like, I know for sure I want the shrimp cocktail. And then she ordered the seafood Caesar. And I was like, fuck, she's going to get it. And I'm going to want it so badly. So then I had to get it. And now when you said shrimp cocktail, I was like, fuck, I really wanted that. <laughs> well, for the fans out there listening, it was a uh, reference to the film. Is a, I know, it went right over, right over my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> food. So, so, so Matt, mm-hmm. you yes. you wanted to sing a song in the no, outro. No, what do you got for me, Dave? Uh, he just, what do you got? What the? <laughs> what are you playing? This is Matt singing. I mean, if you're vulnerable enough to do this, you can write a script. Are you trying in this? This is not me. This is AI. I don't know what the hell he wrote. Oh. It's weird. The champions all play another time. Uh, it's okay. Wait, that was your whole thing? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Oh, I, did, I did one for yeah. Jason, too. Out. It's also, no. like, totally cool if we move on from this bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. Please. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well. R.I.P. to headphone listeners. Wow. I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe. Leave us a review. Drop a comment on YouTube. Ask us uh, for advice or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slash feeding off each other is our voicemail. We want to hear from you. And as always, thanks for being here, Katie. Good luck. We really enjoyed having you on this program. Oh, you went in num num. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Num 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 num. I know, I'm not. Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.